hear me okay? I can hear you, but Simon, I can't see you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey. Great color blue shirt, William. Oh, uh, yeah, it really pops, doesn't it? Yes. It's a gr- I mean, there's almost no better color blue. Um, I got it <clears throat> as part of a pajama set. Oh. With some pajama bottoms and this. So it's, it's a pajama shirt? No, it's a t-shirt. I don't. I don't understand how pajama sets work. Okay. But um, know that this com- well, this came with a pair of pajama pants, both by the same company, Nautica. Oh, I, of course, Nautica, yes. A very cool brand when we were in middle school, <laughs> I feel like. Yes, definitely. I had a very oversized um, collared Nautica shirt that I thought was pretty much the coolest shirt I owned. Yeah, I um, the actually the only reason you probably haven't ever seen this shirt is because there is the small Nautica logo sort of in the <laughs> middle of this and I'm kind of embarrassed to wear it outside. Uh, oh, come on. But the the vibrancy of the color, Simon, as you as you point out, is um, you know could could make me reconsider that. Yeah, I hope it does. What uh, what are you doing? I know that um, our our listeners can't see you, but I, I don't know where my microphone is. I I thought I put a bunch of stuff in different places to make room for this monitor that I got because my eyes are bad enough that it was causing me to like basically like lurch over like this to look at my computer when I was working. Yeah. I mean the camera has been level <laughs> with your belly button for the majority of the time we've been talking. But Well that's right. Well that is just the way <laughs> that's um that's because that's the monitor is kinda in the way here. I don't know where that mic is. Oh where anyway. um Right. Okay. That's. I mean, you sound okay to me right now, but I. It would be better if you had a microphone. Yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know where. I put it. Well, anyway, if I find it, I will certainly use it. <laughs> if somehow while you're seated doing a podcast, it manifests itself to you. <laughs> well, then... I put it in. Uh, well. I'm looking for it in these dang drawers. The problem is so much stuff in these drawers, you can't find a... It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> yeah, you want to do the intro? I think people would like to know what god-awful podcast they've started sure. to listen to. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. Uh, I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon the Mikeless McCormack. <laughs> That's Nation. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that last part didn't come across. I saw your mouth moving, but uh, no, no audio. So again, if you can find that microphone, <laughs> let's do the it. Dang mic. Um, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to bring you all things Nets Nation. We have, as we have each and every week of the quarantine, an absolutely action-packed show for you. <laughs> um. You know, a lot of people are talking about 
police brutality, uh, an economy that has hemorrhaged over 40 million jobs, whether they're going to contract a life-ending virus when they leave their home, but what people really... That has killed more than 100,000 people. But really, what people want to talk about is the Brooklyn Nets. And, (laughs) And that is what Simon and I have been put on God's green earth to do uh, that and um, search in vain for a microphone. <laughs> I think I know where it is, William. Oh, you're moving to the apartment. I got a apartment. hot tip on it. Okay. <laughs> I got a hot tip on it. Oh, I found it. No touch, no touch. <laughs> oh, boy. This is some quality. Simon, what? What net is most like the quality of this introduction to a podcast? <laughs> um, <clears throat> let me think. I would say it's and, and this is un, this is meaner than I think I, I should be, but just bear bear with me. I think it is like Theo Pinson, okay, because. Because Theo, as you know, is incapable of breaking anyone down off the dribble. Mm-hmm. But he nevertheless, whenever he has the ball, is guaranteed to dribble the ball back and forth, back and forth, trying to lull his defendant, uh, <laughs> defender to, to, uh, to sleep before he makes his uh, unsuccessful move. And right. He's like, um, he's like a, an ineffective velociraptor sort of testing the electronic fence to see what part might not be activated uh, in Jurassic Park, and then he never right. actually discovers the part that <laughs> won't electrify him. Right, exactly. Um, okay, great analogy, and there will be more of those to come as this episode episode <laughs> progresses. Yes. Uh, how are you doing amidst all of the, uh, I don't know, things happening in the world today? Uh, I am okay. <laughs> I am Great. okay. Yes. Relatively doing pretty well. Uh, we're here. Talk. Tentatively back. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Okay, so we are going to talk about um, the Brooklyn Nets today, as we do each and every week. Uh, We have quite a lot to get to, as I mentioned, but Simon, before we get into any of that, I'd like to do a little role-playing with you. Oh, okay. Okay. Things Uh, are about to get kinky. (laughs) So you, in this this situation... You are Simon McCormick, okay? So you got to okay, play yourself. That's a fun role play. It's Boy, a fun role is... play for you. Uh, and I am going. You'll 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 soon find out who I who I am, okay? Okay. Okay. Ring 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 uh, ring. Hello. <laughs> hey, uh, is this Simon McCormick? Yes, I'm role playing as myself. <laughs> Spot on. Uh. <laughs> uh Hey, hey, Simon, this is uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yes, how you doing? Uh, Simon, as, as you know, uh, journalists as, as a whole are uh, generally a pretty cowardly lot. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, and the NBA is having some difficulty coming up with enough reporters willing to commit to that bubble lifestyle for three full months. Uh, are you are you right now on the spot willing to leave your friends and family for the next several months and become part of a much bigger family, Simon, the Disney family? <laughs> Yes, 1,000 percent, William. <laughs> and we're off. Uh, all right, so that's a, that's what we call in the business of which I know nothing a tease. Mm, uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to talk about Walt Disney World in just a little while. Okay. But before that, Simon, I thought we should delve headfirst into some Nets news. Okay. Okay. Three words for you, Simon. Beal, Beal, Beal. <laughs> what's the Beal? What's the Beal? With uh, we watched an episode of Seinfeld last night. Oh, great! The frozen yogurt episode. Mm, excellent one. Yeah, classic. Um, and then we watched some Just Shoot Me, and Claire Claire preferred the Just Shoot Me. Okay. Hot take. Okay. That is hot. That's scorching. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Wendy Malick is really funny in, in Just Shoot Me. Who is she? Which who does she what character? She's the tall, like ex model. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Always smoking a cigarette. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so Beal Beal Beal, Simon. Bleacher Report first says, No way Bradley's coming. Mark Bartlestein throwing water on the rumors. He's happy in Washington. Never gonna leave. Adam Shifter did a did a interview with with Fred Katz, who's the right. athletics the athletics reporter. Said again, Bradley Beal loves Washington. Washington loves Bradley Beal. He ain't coming. And right. then a bombshell, Simon. <laughs> a bombshell. Yesterday, I get a text and or email from you saying, late added suggestion for discussion. Bradley Beal seemingly thinking the Nets' internal discussions mean that Katie and Kyrie want to play with him. An ESPN story. Simon, I didn't have time to read it. I'm a busy guy. We're all busy. <laughs> What's the story? Uh, Where are we at with Bradley Beal? So um, it's a story by Jackie McMullen, uh, who, is, as you know, is a, is a plugged-in um, – NBA as as plugged in. She, as, she's as an insider's insider, control. Simon. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so she talked to Beal, and Bradley Beal gave what I would describe as a more honest than usual um, interview than, than what you normally get from your um, from your NBA stars. I think where he said, um. You know that when 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 told about you know the the report about the Nets internally discussing you know what it would take to trade for him, he says that's an unbelievable feeling when you hear the that Kyrie and KD uh, want you. Shit, that's amazing. At the same time, you don't know how much there is to it or how easy it would be to do. And I've put down roots in D.C. I've dedicated myself to this town, the community, blah blah blah. Things about Washington being good. Um, but uh, but I'd be naive to say that I don't think about it when these stories come up. Okay. 
And for you, Simon, does that mean we're getting Bradley Beal? No, I, I think it's still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine believing the, the, uh, the dominant narrative, which is that he's happy in Washington. Washington doesn't want to trade him. So it would be, um, you know, pretty much very, very hard, especially for a team like the Nets that would not be putting another superstar on the, the trade block to get him, um, be very, very, very hard to, to get him. Uh, but to me, it's interesting that he sort of takes that story and and is like, oh, that means either he takes that story and, and sees that and thinks, OK, that means Kyrie and Katie want to play with me. Or what I would think is actually maybe more likely he knows from, you know, however players talk to each other, perhaps talking to those two or talking to intermediaries between Kyrie and Katie that he's like, OK, that means they want to play with him now that. Perhaps is not that interesting because it could just mean, okay, two good players want to play with another good player. That's maybe not, you know, huge. But to me, it's interesting that one, he he's excited by that, by the idea of wanting to play with two, two other players who he would have to assume would be, you know, kind of the alpha dogs, or at least he would be co-alpha dog number two with, mm-hmm. with Kyrie. Um, and that, you know, I don't know, those two are, are sort of lobbying behind the scenes perhaps for, for free deal. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I saw, I saw that Adam Shifter suggested the following package would have to go to Washington for this to happen. Did you uh-huh. see, did you see the package? No. He thinks they wouldn't be interested in Spencer Dinwiddie because okay. they've got John, they've got John Wall coming back. Uh-huh. Uh, so it would probably it would have to involve Karis Levert. He thinks it'd be a Karis Levert, Jared Allen, and two first round picks. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'd, I I would think it would be a lot more. I mean, considering like again that Washington is in the mood right now of trying to see, or at least that's what they're putting out there. Maybe it's not true, but they're putting out there. They want to see how John Wall and Bradley Beal play together. Both Bradley Beal and John Wall say that they're excited to play together again and that they're not like sitting there. It's not a Jimmy Butler situation where Jimmy Butler is basically like, I am going to fake an injury until, until you trade me. Right. Well, I would say, you know, when we say that's it for that package, the mm-hmm. package includes one guy who people still argue could potentially be our third star, mm-hmm. our undeniably top young talent in Jared Allen. And in terms of, yes, truly young. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. Like under 23. Yeah. Top, top young talent. And uh, two first round picks, which are highly prized assets uh in the in the NBA. So that's a pretty good haul I'd say for Washington, especially since you would only have you would only guaranteed have Bradley Beal for a single season. Is that right? That extension is like a second year as a player option? Uh I I thought that this was next season was going to be the second year of that that deal. Let me see. But, okay, I, I, I believe you for the sake of this. Uh, that, that sounds very possible. Um, that could be uh, – that would obviously change things if it were for two more years after this. Yeah. Because um, that would be on the right timeline. Right. The, the two years at all. Okay, so 2019-2020, uh, 
That's this year. Uh, right. Uh, and then he signed a, an extension. What does green mean? Um, okay. Well, I, I admit. So, so 2021, 22, he is signed for. So that would be um, at least two years, it looks like to me. If I'm reading this upcoming contract extension, yeah. And then the third, there's a third year that is a player option. Ah, okay. And that would not be that season that we're talking about. No, that would be the player option is 2022-23. Okay, so, so we're talking two two years guaranteed of the Beal Meister. Yes. yes. I mean, at this point, I'm willing to do. I, I you know, I don't have much faith in Karis LeVert. It would be sad to oh, see. Oh God, I know. It would be sad to see Jared Allen go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since they're hell-bent on squandering his talent anyway in favor <laughs> of playing their best buddy ever, DeAndre Jordan, it doesn't really seem logical to keep him. And if he can be used to secure one of the NBA's elite scorers, um, right. why the hell not? I agree. I, I don't believe that that's what it would take. I would I would suspect it would be something like four first round picks, and I would suspect that the the Wizards would more likely go with any sort of star that another team is offering. Right. Uh, and you you got to imagine, although the, you've got to imagine other teams out there are going to go for him if he's if there's any sign that he's available. Yes, and I suspect there are other teams that are probably hungrier for Beal than than we are. All right. Uh, Simon, do you think Kenny Atkinson is going to be the ne- Knicks' next coach? Uh, great question, William. I, for the sake of him, hope not, tr- truly, because there's just a – I mean, Phil Jackson, a pretty good coach, I think you would agree, had, did – I mean, he was not a coach, but he, he was associated with the Knicks brand for a few years, and – Nothing could possibly have been worse for his brand. Oh, like no, nothing, absolutely. He, he, his stock plummeted from like huge savior who if he puts, you know, if, if he even gives a half-ass try at anything for your team, you're going to be in, you know, championship contention to like what a cranky piece of shit old man who, you know, has time has well passed and he should never be associated with basketball again. Right. Let's melt uh, his 11 rings down and use right. it for, for something else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I just don't, and again, we saw that Kenny did not – he chafed at the idea of, you know, not having, you know, a good amount of control in, in New York. Now, he did let Kyrie Irving come in and out whenever he wanted, et cetera, et cetera. But he was best – he was at his best when it was like a bunch of young dudes trying to pr- – and, and, you know, cast off trying to prove themselves and letting Kenny call the shots, right? And and now you'd be introducing him, him – to an environment where James Dolan, a proven idiot, calls all the shots, as well as the proven idiots that all still inhabit the like Steve Mills is still lurking about like that completely miserable GM is not really fired. He basically, you know, failed sideways, right. not upwards. I mean, suppose they brought in that um, big super agent to be the new GM, Leon Rose, Leon Rose right? Yeah. And then. Apparently, his first like assistant GM hire was a guy that was pretty widely respected from the Jazz. 
Um, so theoretically, that could be a slightly better front office. But I agree. I don't. I think it'd be kind of an awful fit. It's a good fit if you're like, yeah, this is going to be. It's a lot of young players. You could develop everyone. Blah 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 blah. blah. But it's not great because the Knicks clearly are a destination team and yeah. Kenny has already proven that stars don't necessarily want to play for him. Yeah. Uh, with, yeah. with old Kyrie and KD essentially getting him fired immediately. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I hope I genuinely hope they go with who is rumored to be their first pick Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, me too. Uh, because those two deserve each other. <laughs> that organization and that coach would be perfect for one another. Yeah. Uh, all right, Simon. Basketball's coming back. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, it seems like it, yes. It seems more certain now than it ever has throughout this, this time period. Yes. Uh, Nets have officially opened their practice facility on Tuesday. There was a a like TMZ esque photo of Jared Allen getting out of a car and going into the practice facility. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And everyone's gearing up. It sounds like it's going to take place in sunny Orlando. Have you been to Orlando? Of course, William. I've I've been to uh, Disney World. Really? Yeah. Did you stay on site? No, no. That was too rich for Chuck McCormick's blood. Um, but but I did go w- with him. Have you been? No. Ouch. You never had a childhood. I went to Disneyland. <laughs> Oof. What? That's <laughs> the mean, OG, man. Yeah, it is. Stayed, it is. stayed in Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, Anaheim, <laughs> exactly. Um, a, a, a city that makes Orlando seem edgy by comparison. Yeah, I went. To, I believe I've been to Disneyland two times. I went once with oh. my family, and then I went once um, when I was at the academy with an acting class I was in. Wow. Hmm. We had to go out and see Hollywood for ourselves. <laughs> was your greatest challenge pretending Disneyland was fun? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember really liking, and this probably is like a hipster take now, but I I do <laughs> genuinely remember going on li- liking this ride and going on it multiple times. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, I I didn't have the patience even then as a small child to wait in line for like the super like the 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 really famous ride, Space Mountain or whatever the hell it right, is. It's like right. a two hour wait or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is a form of like masochism or sadism really by Dis- the Disney corporation to make like families wait in line with very young, extremely sugared up children in line for hours on end in the heat. But, um, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. I, I was just telling Hillary that if I had kids, I would, that is a good good thing to remember and think about is the lines. But I was just saying like, um, I, to me, if I, if I had kids, I would do nothing but go with them to Disney world because like, t- to me, it's like, okay, let the kids do whatever they want. They go and run around. The whole thing is built for them. And then like, they've, they have clearly like 
created places where like you can get a drink and you can like you know like it, it, it's kind of geared for it's mostly geared to kids but it's also geared geared for like here parents take the edge off here or like you know um send your little you know kiddos to this thing while you do x i don't know i mean it'd have to be a certain age because you wouldn't want to let your like seven-year-old run loose and disney world but yeah i don't think they're at the developmental stage where that's appropriate (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's like a nine and up (laughs) that's when they're at the right developmental stage hey speaking of developmental stage uh i got this uh, really uh dubious (laughs) n64 off ebay uh-huh. Uh, because Claire brought hers over, but only British, only games produced in Europe work on it. <laughs> so all my North American produced games can't um, function on it. Amazing. So, so I got one that like didn't come with cables or anything like that or any controllers on eBay for like 30 bucks or something. Uh-huh. Um, and I finally got it working today. It didn't the first couple times I tested it, but it's just because... Those ga- I mean, you really got to blow on an N64 game um, in 2020 if you want it to work. Um, so anyway, I got it working. It's up and running. I got. I have a few games for it, like um, uh, Wave Racer and Madden 99, NHL okay. 99. But I was thinking, I'm going to get uh, Space Invaders. Yeah. And I think yeah. we need a Space Invaders reunion as soon as we're, we we can see one another. Definitely. Um, Because I I have extremely fond memories. Me too, Just extremely depressing afternoons going to (laughs) your mom's house and throwing on, like, I don't know, real big fish or less than Jake or something, and then just playing hours of a really, really boring game called Space Invaders. God, amazing. No, it was so fun, William. By depressing, you mean some of the best times of our lives. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to look for it. I imagine you can get that game for basically shipping cost at this point. If you can find it, you can get it cheap, I'm sure. Yeah, it was like a very, very bad version of Galaga. Um, yeah. Uh, you you pretty much exclusively had N64 games that leveraged none of the technical advancements of the the uh, hardware. And yes. instead, were, it was the South Park game and uh-huh. Space Invaders, right? Those were my two faves, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so we will get that going. But right now, Simon, we got to get back to Disney World. Okay. There are all kinds of wacky scenarios for how this season might play out. Yes. And uh, we are going to go through, I've got, I think, four of them written down. Okay. And we're going to talk about them through the lens of Nets fans, what the implications for the Nets would be, what we think the best playoff put you know potential comeback scenario will look like uh and you know go from there great okay so first one we'll start with uh, like we're, we're not gonna we're, we're gonna both agree that they're not gonna finish out the regular season okay yes 
Right. They're not going to play all 82 games. A full, yes, yeah. Right. Uh, so we're going to start with one that goes straight to the playoffs. And it's still broken down by uh, conference. Mm-hmm. And that would have Nets playing in round one, a seven versus two Nets Raptors matchup. Simon, how do you feel about that one? That to me is my ideal scenario, William, um, because I don't think we're going to do um, better than seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think the sixth seed right now is the Sixers. Like, there's no way we're going to catch the Sixers. Oh hell no. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have done that even if we had played another whatever we had, 16, 18 games left. Um, and uh, I think there's a very good chance that we could slip to eighth, which would mean playing the Bucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think I think going straight to the playoffs gives us our, our, our best chance, which is not a good chance by any means, but our best chance at advancing. Do you think we play Raptors in, it goes straight to the, straight to the playoffs, keep the conferences. We play the Raptors. Would KD or Kyrie come back for that? I don't think, I don't think that they would. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I think that that is, uh, on paper, our best matchup. If we have the team that we have right now, Right. Uh, because I think the Raptors are probably the worst team we could potentially potentially face. I agree with you on that. Um, the scary, slightly scarier version of this, Simon, is when they abolish the conferences. Yeah. And it's straight yeah. seeding one through 16. Uh-huh. Again, straight to playoffs, no games that could affect our where we, where we stand in that. Um, that would have the Nets... Facing up in round one against LeBron James and Anthony Davis's Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Yikes. Yeah. Where? Where? What do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, again, I like it better, honestly, than some of the other scenarios we're talking about because at least it puts us in the playoffs, uh-huh. um, which are not guaranteed under other. Um, scenarios, but I mean, you go from a scenario where I could see us taking a game from Port- from Toronto and feeling good mm-hmm. um, to no chance of, of taking a game from the Lakers. Yeah, I think you go out there with the team that was was on the court in the final game we played in March against the Lakers. Now, granted, we did beat them in that final game. They were coming off having spent a weekend beating both the Clippers and the Bucks. So (laughs) you can't really blame them for perhaps taking their foot off the gas pedal a little bit for for the Nets. Uh, We snuck by them. I think that's probably the last win we're going to have against the, the Lakers this season. Though... There is a lot of chatter that if we play the Lakers in round one, that would be quite a lot of motivation, both personally for KD and Kyrie to come back. They both have axes to grind with old LeBron James. Right. But this is a scenario for anyone inclined to the, you know, more conspiratorial side of the NBA, uh, where you could imagine 
Adam Silver, a uh, guy who has been on this podcast earlier, everyone will remember him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Adam Silver and other people in the league front office would be highly motivated to encourage in whatever way they could the comeback of KD and Kyrie in that series because that would immediately uh, insert a massive amount of drama into that series. Yes. Do you think that the league office would have the, I don't know, persuasive capacity to get those guys to come out for that series? Uh, I mean, it's a player's league. I, I don't know because it's also very, I understand the motivation for, for Kyrie and Katie, but there's also the fear, right? That like you get Kyrie and Katie at their rustiest and look like terrible. And what if like, no, no shame in losing to the Lakers 04 under the Nets current incarnation without Katie and Kyrie. But if they just look terrible for four games with those two players, then it's like, Oh boy. Like, you know, that's a very bad taste in, in the mouth of both those two players and the Nets. Right. I mean, uh, certainly the net, the Nets have a ton to lose. Those two guys have a ton to lose. But I don't see, you know, I, I, I could see the NBA thinking they have so much to gain that it outweighs those two considerations. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's a pretty ideal time, honestly, for both Katie and Kyrie to try to make a return um, since everyone will have been out. Everyone will theoretically be somewhat rusty. Um, and the, there is quite a lot of talk that there will be a certain amount of time for a training camp for each team. So they will have time to go through the similar, similar things to everyone else. Now, I know that, you know, it's, it's different when you're coming off a, the most traumatic injury in sports, as KD is doing. But um, still, relatively speaking, like most teams are probably not going to come out looking amazing. Right, 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 right out of the gate. Um, so in that sense, it might kind of provide a, a little protection for those two if they don't look great right away. Sure, sure. Um, all right, next one, play-in tournament, Simon. Yeah, this well, this scenario I do not like, uh, William, because it presents this scenario where we don't get to play in the playoffs because we lose in the play in tournament. Right. Right. So, so basically from the sounds, the, the most conventional one I think is that the top six in each bracket would be locked in to Mm -hmm. their one through six seeds. And then the next eight teams in terms of uh, not in terms of conference ranking, but in terms of season overall record, would yeah. would likely be the eight teams doing a sort of play in thing. So it would be us and the Magic, Dallas and Memphis, who are the seven eighth in the West, and then four other teams from the West. Because they all have there are five teams in the West that have better records than the next best team in the East, who is who is Washington. I see, um, I see. So that would make that would mean that we would be Nets and Magic would be thrown in with Dallas, Memphis, the Pelicans, the Blazers, who would have a healthy Nurkic, um, the Blazers, the Spurs, and the Kings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, you know, those aren't those. I mean, 
those aren't there. No team is a super team there. Dallas is pretty damn good. Like Luka Doncic and and Porzingis are are better than most anyone else on any of those other teams. But um, would you could you see us getting out of that? Uh, I could. I, I could, could. Yeah, I mean the Spurs are pretty miserable. The Kings aren't great. No, the Kings. The Kings are. Um, I, I'm. I'm underwhelmed with the Kings' actual ability to win. I think they're fun to watch, but I'm never really. Whenever the Nets have played the Kings, we've always had a shot. Right. And often won. Um, and yeah, like Blazers are scary. Dallas is scary. Um, Pelicans are if if Zion is fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, then we'd uh, then we'd have to beat out the Kings, Spurs, Grizzly, and Magic. Right. Although we would have a little bit of cushion, right? Because, because, right? What do you mean? We, I mean, so four of those teams get in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so we would so, have to so beat if you all say if you say Dallas, the Pelicans. And the Blazers are kind of locks in that group, which Although is. A, I wouldn't say the Blazers are, but no. But I mean, Damian Lillard is a transcendent player, and they would be more healthy than they had been all season. But mm. yeah, so is I don't Nurkic know. back? Yes, that's why. That's that. That would be the scary thing with that. Nurkic would be back. I see. Yeah, he's a net skiller. Yeah. All right. So final one, final uh, that I'm going to bring up, and feel free if there are others that I've left off that you're interested in discussing um the final and potentially most interesting one i wanted to bring up would be the world cup style Mm -hmm. the group play um and so the kevin o'connor article had it at 20 teams it could also be done at 16 but let's say it's 20 for for this Mm -hmm. uh there'd essentially be four different groups of five teams in each group each of those five teams would play the other four teams in their bracket two times so each team would play eight games and then the two teams uh two teams with the best records in each division would go on to essentially the second round of the playoffs so -hmm. in that way i would still consider like playing in that thing having made the playoffs yeah um and the way they they don't know how they'd exactly break it up, but likely it would be tiered. So teams one through four would all be in different brackets. Teams mm-hmm. five through eight would be in different brackets, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. Um, so we wouldn't we don't know exactly where the nets would would fall in that, but that would place us, I believe, in the uh, th- fourth bracket of that right. the fourth tier of that mm-hmm. so we We'd certainly like we certainly would right? right we certainly wouldn't be favorites no but um i think I, I think actually we would be the the six uh the 15th ranked team oh yeah our record is the 15th best oh right i'm sorry i was thinking playoff seeds but 16 yeah yeah 20 got it check a yeah 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 so that one i think i think like from a a overall general perspective that seems like the most intriguing like if if there's a bucks magic series if there's a, a knicks lakers series and the 
I'm sorry, Nets Lakers series and mm-hmm. Kyrie and KD don't come back. Those are going to be pretty hard to watch. Like even, <laughs> a, I mean, maybe more so for a Nets fan um, than even <laughs> just a general fan. But those are going to be sweeps or, or gentlemen sweeps, almost certainly. Um, whereas this, the the World Cup style provides each team with eight games, all of which matter. You know, like it, you can't lose if you want to advance. Um, and I just think that would be a really, really entertaining thing. And the way that they could set it up in sort of like a, a March Madness style where it's going throughout the day and you could sort of have it on in the background. And I don't know. I think it sounds like a really cool idea, although I seriously doubt it's going to happen. Yeah. So let me let me give you my counter argument against it, which is that for me, William, with this world turned upside down mm-hmm. um, and many of the uh, the. Um, terrible things that you mentioned earlier are happening. Uh-huh. The the only the, the the thing that I view sports coming back as sort of a symbol of is like uh, however accurately or not is a sort of return to normal, right? Trying to sort of eke into like okay, you know, like the world may be gone has gone to shit, but like here's a little bit of something that's kind of normal. I mean again without fans and the possibility that it could all be shut down with um, a single positive test. Uh, but, uh, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of that. And so, and the other, th- and so to me doing like, Hey, let's go bananas here with, with this like wild new scenario to me, it's just like the closer we can get to normalcy, the, the better. Um, and I also feel like, um, and this doesn't really matter for the nets, but, for teams that really have a chance at winning, I would worry that, like, if you do a group stage thing or whatever, it's already whoever wins this this year, whoever's the champion this year, there will already be people who are like, ah, oh, it doesn't really count. And doing something like a dramatically different, um, uh, you know, World Cup style tournament will mean that tons, all the LeBron haters, right, if they win, all of the Kawhi haters, any, you know, any sort of, there will always be people who will be like, this wasn't a real championship. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's certainly a concern. I'd say to that point that I think the asterisk on this season, well, it's inevitable, obviously. There's no way to, to remove it. Um, but I think that will be dependent on who wins. Like if the Grizzlies win or the Rockets win or something, there will be a massive asterisk. Um, but I think if the Bucks or the Lakers or the Kawhi, you know, or Kawhi wins, uh, the Clippers, sorry, then I think I think generally people would accept it. Although inevitably, people that don't like LeBron or Kawhi would would obviously still put the asterisk. But that that's sort of inevitable, I feel like. There's always a reason. Like last year, there's one for the Raptors having won that KD and Clay were injured. And mm-hmm. there, are, there are always qualifiers um, for any of these sorts of championships. And as for the, the normalcy, I, I mean, I, I sympathize with, uh, with the desire to have sports, you know, bring some degree of, of normalcy back into our lives. But I just think that it it's sort of it it's already such an insane and bizarre circumstance that it's sort of impossible to make it normal. And since it isn't, 
possible to actually bring back that 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 feeling of normalcy. Um, like normal would be finishing a regular season, you know, and playing all the games and stuff like that. And since that's just so clearly not possible, they should try to do something. Like they, the NBA has a huge opportunity to produce something that's massively entertaining and would draw people in. And I, I could see the World Cup style uh, breakdown of, of those 20 or 16 teams, however many they would want to do, as being something that would draw huge amounts of people into watching these games because they'd have way higher stakes. They'd be probably much more competitive. Um, and it could just be like a, a catalyst to, I don't know, broadening the the base of people interested in in basketball in the nba huh yeah i i don't know i i'm i yeah i that's possible i mean i yeah i i i think i think we'll we'll be watching uh if we if we can get access to the yes network somehow we will be watching these games regardless of whether it's hopeless you know sweep to the lakers or um, playing World Cup style where we have like a game against the Kings or a game against some lousy team where we're like, we have to win this one. We can win. There is hope, you know, um, right. we'll be there either way. But I just think, I just think that the, the, the World Cup style would, would potentially be more engaging for more people. Mm. And since it's, since it's also, you know, bizarre world anyway, um, I don't see any harm in trying something strange, but uh, I think you know, good, good, good case on both sides. Um, Simon, we're in, we're in Orlando. You're there for three months, but luckily Skype will be able to to keep this thing going. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We were going to. You suggested, I believe, comparing Disney characters. To various nets. Yes. Uh, how deep would you say your knowledge of the Disney universe is? Uh, shallow. Yeah, extremely shallow on, on my end as well. I mean, I know <laughs> I watched a bunch of Disney movies as a child. I mm-hmm. I was a child at one point, right. so it happened. But like, <laughs> uh, I I remember. Oh my god! I, now I can't even remember what the Disney movie was. But someone, <laughs> this is a horrible story. <laughs> remember Annalise Welty? Yeah. She dressed up as some Disney character that everyone knew, and. I complimented her, her dress. I was like, oh, that's an interesting dress. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's blah, 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 blah. Uh. So anyway, uh, great story. Well told. Um, <laughs> two, two people without a deep knowledge of Disney will be comparing various Disney characters to Nets players. Yes. That's what's happening right now. Do you want to get the ball rolling with one, Simon? Sure. I would say that Spencer Dinwiddie is Iago from uh, Aladdin. Remember Iago? A bird. The parrot? Parrot, yeah. yes. He's a, he's voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Ah. Um, and he's a, he's a loudmouth. He's a wise guy. He's kind of irritating, but, you know, he's got... You know he's he's uh, he's got a head on his shoulders. 
Uh, my first one is from Aladdin as well. Oh, okay. Jafar. Ooh, who's that? He's the bad guy. Yes, right, but who, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm not a huge <laughs> Disney fan, but I know who Jafar is. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, had, to lo- I had to was. I had to look up Jaf- who Jafar was. Okay, okay. But uh, Jafar is, oh, this one's easy. It's Kyrie Irving. Okay. They're both villains. <laughs> you know there's a villain in every Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I chose my personal favorite, Jafar, who I <laughs> can remember literally nothing about, except maybe he wore white. Mm. That's my one <laughs> fun potential Jafar fact. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to do my second one, Okay. Okay, sure. Since you seemed unimpressed with my first. Yeah, yeah. All right, my second one, Simon, I'm pulling out my favorite, all-time favorite Disney character, Mm. who I also had to look up the name of. (laughs) It's Flounder. Okay. Okay, and here's what I remember about Flounder. Mm. Um, I think he was a comedic character in The Little Mermaid. I know he was in The Little Mermaid. I think he was a funny character. Uh, I think you're thinking of Sebastian. Oh, shit. Okay, Sebastian. Sebastian. The crab? Okay, sure. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite one is... No, it's got to be Flounder. Okay. Okay. So, he was funny in that. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I think you're thinking of the crab. (laughs) And the only other funny Disney character, they're not very funny movies. The only other funny Disney character I could think of was was the genie um, in Aladdin. But I don't want, I don't like Robin Williams, so I skipped that one. Uh, (laughs) But I wanted to tell you, re-Flounder, Simon, Uh that I got a Christmas ornament of Flounder in a McDonald's Happy Meal as a kid. And every year I got to put that ornament on the tree because it was mine because I got it in a Happy Meal. Oh, okay. I think I I see where your sense of entitlement comes from. (laughs) He was my Flounder. (laughs) Um, So Happy Meals used to give really good Really good prizes. Do they still give out treats in Happy Meals? I have I have no idea. That's another fun thing you could figure out if you had a seven-year-old, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. Uh, although you probably wouldn't fe- feed him any fast food. You'd have some hippie-ass diet for him. I would. I uh, mean, he can do whatever he wants. I don't care. <laughs> Just stop Just stay away from living me. with me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Simon, since I have all these numerous reasons for loving Flounder, yes. I'm going to comp him to my favorite net, a guy who gives you a million <laughs> reasons to love him, Wilson Chandler. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, okay, my second one is Goofy, uh, and I think Goofy is uh, Theo Pinson. Who has no business being on the basketball court? Goofy it would be a terrible basketball player. <laughs> uh, I think Flounder would suck at basketball too. Flounder would try. He would be a good. He'd be a good. Uh, he's he's supportive. Yeah, a good locker room guy. A great locker room guy. All right, who's who's your last one? My last one. Uh, let me think. Okay, I'll do mine. Okay, good. Uh, my final one, Simon, is Bambi's mom. 
<laughs> Bambi's mom is the one that's shot and killed, right? Yes. Yeah, and very, very sad. Very, very sad. Yes. Uh, it's just a sweet character who doesn't deserve to die, but is sacrificed to teach us all a lesson. Maybe I have no idea if that was what the point of her death or not, but presumably her death meant was was used to serve some sort of narrative end. In uh-huh. uh, and I'm going to compare Bambi's mom to Jared Allen. Uh, she's super sweet. Perfect. Super sweet, but because of evil outside forces, he is going to be killed. Yeah. I.e. traded from the Nets. Right. Absolutely. What do you got? Uh, my, um, third one is, uh, Kevin Durant as Aladdin, um, my favorite character as a kid, um, who, you know, he, uh, you know, saves the princess who is the Nets, uh, from evil, uh, Iago, no, Jafar, Jafar, and, uh, saves the kingdom. Okay, what is your favorite Disney movie of all time? Go. Aladdin. Okay, what's your second favorite? Emperor's New Groove. What? I've yeah, never even heard of that. Came out when we were too old for Disney movies, but if I were a kid when I when it came out, it probably would have been my favorite. It had David Spade, just shoot me's David Spade. It also had Putty from Seinfeld. I mean oh, it was nice. cartoons, but it had their voices. Right, yeah, yeah. I know how cartoons um, work. Um and it was not as musical. There was, like, fewer songs. That's one of the most annoying things about Disney movies for me is how much they're all basically musicals. Mm-hmm. That movie has some songs. You're never going to totally avoid them, but it's less of an emphasis. Are you going to ask me what mine is? Yes, William. What is yours? Fantasia. Fantasia. What <laughs> an absolute hipster pile of crap. That is hipster. I like Fantasia. It's just so striking. Oh, visually, sonically gorgeous film. What a prick. <laughs> no, I'm so kidding. Upset. I would okay. never. I, I My grandma made me watch Fantasia when oh, I was a kid, yeah, and that, it was torture. It grandma. was torture. No, no, no offense to your grandma. Your grandma was, you know, legitimately quite a, an aristocrat. So, I, you know, I can understand <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, no, that was, that was terrible. I think, yeah, as a kid, I think the, the movie, the last one when I was still like of age for Disney was like the one I remember being aged out on was, uh, Pocahontas. That was like the last one that I was like mm-hmm. young enough to potentially like, but even by then I was like, ah, I can't get, can't get into it. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was Definitely Aladdin. I thought Robin Williams, the genie, was was very, very funny. Seriously funny. Um, I remember, you know, getting into Little Mermaid, and um, I think I tried on Beauty and the Beast because it was out, you know, at our mm-hmm. in our time, but nothing quite as good as Aladdin. Yeah. Also correct. a very good Super Nintendo game based on Aladdin. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Get to ride a magic carpet. Sure. Um... Okay, Simon, should we eat at Epcot? Uh, yeah, definitely. All right. You want to join me at Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen? <laughs> of course, William. I wouldn't have it any other way. Do you have the menu handy? 
I do. Let me pull it up on my phone zone. Um, can I tell you uh, a um, – can I read to you the description – Okay, sorry. What have you spent most of your day doing? Oh, I spent most of my day um, researching ba- the background on, on, on this restaurant. Oh, can, my can God. I... Tell us more. Yeah. So let's let's repeat the name again. Oh, and who are we going with? We got we to gotta let people know who we're there with. I'm going with who I assume is a huge Disney fan and prolonged childhood uh, nut, uh, Jared Allen. I'm going with soon-to-be net Bradley Beal. <laughs> For two firsts. <laughs> um, great. Uh, so can I read to you the, the intro to this restaurant? Yes. Okay. I, I, I says, genuinely first, can't wait. First of all, okay, so this place is called Magic Kingdom. Uh, Magic Kingdom Park, uh, which is located within the, or sorry, um, it's Jungle Navigation Co. Limited Skipper Canteen, of course. Right. But it's part of, um. Magical Kingdom Dining. Yeah, exactly. And it says, welcome to the jungle. Explore the bold, flavorful cuisine of Asia, South America, and Africa with the help (laughs) of our daring riverboat pilots. Then it says, Dr. Falls, I presume, question mark. I have no idea what that means. Immerse yourself in the legacy of the Jungle Cruise. Um, the same skippers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then it says, delight your big and little explorers with premium table service. Premium table service, not average table service. Right. Dining in three curiously quirky rooms. The cruise colonial era mess hall, which is not messy at all. Thank you very much. <laughs> the, that's their joke, by the way, not mine. I wish I could take credit. The jungle room, former family parlor of Dr. Albert Falls himself. Okay. Wow. And the S.E.A room, the C room, a once secret meeting place for the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. They also have an appetizer with S.E.A. in it, but we can get to that later. Yeah, and I just have one more sentence for you. Prepare your palate for exotic flavor adventures sure to tame your wildest appetite and pickiest eaters. Ooh, wow. Oh, of course, because picky eating is probably a huge thing for family-oriented restaurants, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, Simon, if I wasn't already extremely excited to go to Jungle Navigation Co. Limited um, Canteen, <laughs> sorry, Skipper Canteen, I, I <laughs> the the limited the Co. Limited or Limited Co. always sort of trips me up in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I am I am I am certainly excited now. And should we start with a teaser or a drink order? Uh, up to you. Um, I think we go, I think we order a drink first. Okay. Uh, I will get, Simon, I'm going to get a beer. Okay. Because their cocktails, honestly, they only have two of them, and neither looks very good. Relatively cheap uh, cocktails, too. Ten bucks. It's not bad for a theme park restaurant yeah um, though it's there so go ahead i'm gonna get simon for my 
beer. I'm going to get the Kungaloosh Spiced Excursion Ale. Florida. 16-ounce draft. It's African-inspired deep amber ale brewed exclusively for Walt Disney World. Wow. Yeah. And inspired by the continent of Africa. (laughs) One of three continents that have inspired the cuisine (laughs) at Jungle Navigation Co. Limited Skipper Canteen. (laughs) The menu of maybe 15 items. Um, (laughs) The the name of the restaurant is longer than the menu. Um, I'm going to get, despite you um, criticizing the cocktails, that's not going to um, deter you, of course. Deter me. I'm going to get the Jungle Navigation Co. Shandy with Blue Moon. Everyone loves Blue Moon. Mm -hmm. You've got to go. Put an orange in it. Exactly. Mixed with Simply Lemonade. Sim- what? So it's just beer and lemonade? That's not a cocktail. That, I thought that's what a shandy is, though. Yeah, it is. But would you call a shandy a cocktail? No, but that's what I would call a cocktail if I could only serve beer and wine and I was still <laughs> trying to convince people that they had cocktails. Right, right, right. Great point. I hadn't even thought that they probably couldn't sell hard liquor. Yeah, not at this place. Yikes. Um, that's all right. You know, we both got nice sounding drinks. Yours is going to be sweet for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, all right. What are you going to pair with your Shandy as an app? I am going to get the uh, jungle green salad from the depths of the jungle. Skipper Bill's iceberg <laughs> wedge. Now, William, I know you and I both have were pretty worried about um, the deforestation in places like um, the Amazon. Uh-huh. But one of the reasons I am so concerned is that uh, if we lose our rainforest, we will lose our iceberg wedges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At which point, razor blades, bathtub, hello. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, we still don't know what sort of healing powers are uh, latent within the iceberg wedges. With shishito peppers, radish, hearts of palm, cucumbers, and pistachios with an ahi or aji, I'm not sure, pepper yogurt dressing. That, that, truly, that sounds horrible. That I just sounds, love the fact that... <laughs> that sounds so heinous, Simon. Yes, I know. Why There's are there shishito peppers on your iceberg wedge? <laughs> I don't know. I love pistachios in the abstract, but I think they're being abused on Skipper Bill's iceberg wedge here. Yeah, I agree. And why is it a yogurt dressing? That's disgusting. Uh, Simon, for me, and that's a great, obviously a great choice. I don't need to, uh, you know that. I don't need to compliment it. It's, <laughs> it you. is so clearly the right move uh, in this moment. I am going to enjoy the lost and found soup. So I just love that that's the name they've come up with for soup of the day. Uh, Lost and found soup somehow makes it sound really dirty. Like you don't want found soup. Um, At least I don't often want found soup. Uh, But this is chef seasonal soup prepared with the freshest unclaimed cargo. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. Leftovers. Please ask you, Skipper, for today's selection. Yeah, you got to ask the Skipper. The, the waiters are dressed as Skippers, right? I don't know. I've never, I've never been here, but uh, oh. <laughs> I that that's right. There, or maybe, yeah, maybe I said that in the intro, but I don't remember. I think that they are. I think they are. Okay. 
All right. What are you hitting up on the entrees? I'm going to get the a lot at stake salad um, because we're betting it all on this one exclamation <laughs> point. And then what follows is a, I mean, there's a few interesting things, but basically a very generic salad of grilled steak, romaine lettuce, spring mix, pickled jalapenos, red onion, queso fresco and pumpkin seeds. Tossed yeah. into chimichurri vinaigrette. Now, that actually does sound good. That does sound uh, way I, better than I will your, admit. your other salad. You're going for a double salad tonight. Yeah. Well, in the jungle. That's just... Right, right, right. What you got to do. The jungle of both Africa, Asia, and South America. <laughs> Uh, Simon, I'm going, uh, this is based purely on my, my affinity for the title of the dish. I haven't Mm -hmm. even read what's in it. The hearty hard char soup pork. (laughs) (laughs) Hardy hard char soup pork. (laughs) It's a char soup marinated pork served with seasonal vegetables and jasmine Mm. rice. Mmm. This place sort of bounces around totally incoherently between, like, piratey sea stuff and jungle. Right. Have you ever been to a jungle before? There's lots of pirates there, my friend. (laughs) Ahoy, jungle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. That brings us to the dessert menu. Mm. Good stuff. Mm-mm. Good stuff in this. What are you going for? Uh, sorry, I forgot to pick one out, but I will get um, the ooh, quicksand. Wow, Jasmine rice yeah. pudding, mango sauce, lemon curd, hibiscus meringue, and pineapple. I'm sorry, but uh, now... This place claimed to to be sensitive to picky eaters. There have been so many needlessly bizarre ingredients in all of these dishes. Like your your rice pudding has hibiscus meringue in it? Yeah, yeah. Uh my, I'm going to get the Panacani's Congo Lime Delight. A mm-hmm. lime panna cotta, which I'm still convinced is bread, though I think is more like a pudding, served okay. with mango lime sorbet, fresh fruit, and a, bra- a Brazil nut cookie. Mmm, William, that, that sounds mighty fine. Brazil nut, controversial nut, though. If you're really, <laughs> if you're trying to come up with a cookie people will like and you're going <laughs> to demand to include a nut, just go with like a peanut, right? Uh, yes. If you're Peanut. that concerned about picky eaters, this place, oh my god, come it's on. Pretty, uh, it's got its nose pretty f- high up in the air for a Disney restaurant. I know, it really does. Coconut bar with pineapple, basil compote, and vanilla cream, <laughs> vanilla chiffon cake with coconut and lime white chocolate ganache. <laughs> I imagine someone has been punched in the face when they've been trying to tell people about this menu. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe the people going to Disney World are are like elite coastal liberals now, but but I mean, uh, they must be. My God, <laughs> I always thought of it as more of an you know a lot of flyover country in that place. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's in Florida. You're right to assume that people there aren't going there for the ganache. <laughs> or the jasmine rice-based rice pudding. <laughs> Unbelievable, this place. You can, you can see that sort of thing. Honestly, you can see any... I can see any of those things on one of them, like, cooking shows. Oh, yeah. Where, where like, you have to do something that is bizarre. Otherwise, they'll, like pan it right hey we just try to play it safe here which is why we do basil pineapple based dishes <laughs> for your picky eaters two who... flavors that were born to be introduced a picky <laughs> eater <laughs> yeah i mean that said i i mean i the marketing here is like catnip to my coastal liberal heart. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I want to go, obviously. Um, charity char char, hardy har char. <laughs> exactly. All right. Two final things, Simon, that I want to get to in this podcast. And that was a wonderful meal, as usual. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank hope, you for I, for I hope Bradley enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm sure. I don't, don't want to be the one who screws up this whole acquisition of Bradley Beal thing. Right. All right. Two things. One, a proposal, Simon, that a national Nets holiday be declared any time in July um, to mark the occasion of the month during which the Nets finally. Got to stop paying Deron Williams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, all-time worst net or second all-time worst net behind Kyrie Irving? Behind Kyrie, I was just going to say, um, we'll see. TBD, we'll right? See. Yeah, because reading that, um, I assume you saw that thing in the Nets Daily write-up of yeah, like yeah, yeah. basically the his fall from Deron Williams' fall from grace. Um, great article, especially for for relatively new to the Nets crew like like you and I. Um, but there's huge, huge parallels already between him and Kyrie. Right. No, came in arguably the best point guard in the league when he got here and just immediately shut the bed. Injuries and attitude issues. I mean, he's not he wasn't as as immediately toxic as Kyrie. Um, or not even close to as immediately as injured as Kyrie, but um, <laughs> still not a great, not a great career for him here in Brooklyn. No. And we are still paying for it. Yeah. Uh, final thing, Simon, we talked about this months ago. I'm getting serious about it now. We need to get a guest. Okay. Uh, whether that's Chris Chioza, Jock Vaughn, or Adam Shifter, we need someone on this show. Okay. Uh, can 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 you get use use that blue check mark for good? <laughs> I'll do my best. Okay. I'll do my very very best. Uh, Simon, we watched last night a movie starring Mark Wahlberg. And Rose Byrne. Okay. I don't remember Rose Byrne, but the name is familiar. Who is she? Oh, man. She. 
It's hard. She's never like a leading. Is she in American Beauty? No. Oh. Um. What was the really God? I can't believe I don't remember this. The sort of raunchy, like uh, Kristen Wiig and um, oh, a bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, yes, bridesmaids. Uh, so she was sort of the bitchy, perfect woman uh, in that. The rival uh, uh, maid of honor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, so that's her and. It was her and Mark Wahlberg, and it's the story of them. It is it is one of the most offensive movies I've seen in a really long time. It's like them <laughs> deciding to foster three children. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's just like so unbelievably offensive. Like they just come in and they're like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, these foster kids are kind of quirky and funny, but it's all good. All they need is a rich person's home and everything's fine. <laughs> um, and I was never really able to get out of that, that sort of frustration with that conceit uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. to really let myself enjoy the movie. Uh, but one thing I noticed, Mark Wahlberg of Wahlberg's Burgers, a place I know that is near and dear to your heart. Uh-huh. Beginning, this is a hot take, beginning to be to get a little long in the tooth. Ooh. Yeah. What's his hair doing? Hair is great. There are no complaints <laughs> on the hair front. Hair is is there for sure. Biceps very much still strong. Got it. Okay. Um, it's funny, like when he's, you know, they're they're at like the um, first meeting for the foster care home. It's a home filled with, you know, like the most involved, sincere, caring people overseeing everything. Anyway, anyway, it's a. Uh, uh-huh. Not but, an uh, incredibly exploitative exactly. uh, and possibly deeply, <laughs> deeply religious uh, yes. institution. Right. <laughs> um, so they like show up to that. You know, he's supposed to be like a square sort of dad at this point. He's wearing like a a little uh, uh, J. Crew sweater or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. His arms are just bulging out of the th- <laughs> yeah. Like You just cannot hide that the man is stacked to shit. Right. Like, right. there's no hiding the actual Mark Wahlberg there. Right. Um, anyway, I would, I would avoid that one. Okay. Uh, unless truly true desperation sets in, but it, okay. it was, it was very bad. What have you guys watched? Uh, well, we still been we st- we have still been watching um, uh, Party Down, which again I cannot recommend enough. I know you've seen it. I have seen it too. But um, yeah, it's I, just I, I asked Claire if she had after you mentioned that you'd started it again if if she'd seen it, hoping she hadn't, so that we could mm-hmm. we could do it. And she has, mm-hmm. and didn't seem particularly eager to get back into it, but. <laughs> Ouch. Well, we're going to be quarantined for a lot longer. So that could, things could change on that front. Exactly. So, um, but the other thing we watched, we watched last night, um, we watched, uh, the lady vanishes, which I don't think I have seen before. I'm sure you, that is one of that used to be when I had, lists of these sorts of things in my head anyway. That was one of my three favorite Hitchcock movies. Oh, yeah. It's it's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, a lot of uh, razor-sharp uh, wit. 
<laughs> well, yes. Um, okay, so Simon, could you implore our listeners by whatever sort of rhetorical tricks a <laughs> PR man has? Uh, yes. To please reach out to us to send us things and 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 just be in touch in general. Let me just be open and vulnerable here, folks. <laughs> it has not been good on the email front lately. Okay, <laughs> I know times are tough out there, but if you could please help your fellow uh, people, your fellow humans, I hate that. I hate when people say that. Yeah, uh, your fellow people. Um, and send us an email, a tweet, an Instagram message. Just let us know you're out there. Let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what you think about a Bradley Beal package. Do you think he's the best third star for the Nets to chase? You know, whatever you want to tell us. What What's your favorite Disney restaurant? What's your favorite Disney ride? Are you offended by what we've said about Disney? Um, you know, send us any of your thoughts, your comments to um, uh, maybe next time at gmail.com or uh, any of the social media platforms you know and love. Um, at maybe next time and send us your reviews, please. Five stars anywhere you get your podcast. Pretty much. We should be there. Simon. I see why they pay you the big bucks. You are a true pro. And with that, we will go ahead and see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. The personal columns There was this letter I read